Welcome to Footnotes, a behind-the-scenes look at what we value and why it matters here at Footnote Church in Glendora, California. All right, well, hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome back to our actual last podcast of this season, uh, wrapping up 2022. And um, yeah, Merry Christmas to you and your families. Thanks for joining us these last few months this fall, uh, listening to Footnotes. Hopefully it's been a blessing and a help to you in some ways. There's uh, sometimes where we walk through seasons where it seems like everybody we know is kind of talking about the same thing. And so there's this podcast that maybe many of you um, have been listening to as well called the, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And it just ended here in early December. And so um, we thought that this would be a good time for us to just chat about church leadership and and kind of that that reaction to that podcast a bit and just our thoughts on that. So today we have uh, a couple people on with us, Lucas Parks and Katie Dabransky. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. Good to see you again. Good to see you again, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's good to, to think about these things. And I, I think especially there's kind of a funny shorthand, I feel like Christian, Christian culture in general, where uh, sometimes we are all kind of reading or experiencing the same things. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it really does feel like this podcast is one of those times where like everywhere we kind of went, uh, pastor circles, volunteers even, people were listening to this podcast or at least had heard of it. And so um, it's important that we talk about these things for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, um, so hey, to start this off, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you haven't listened to this Marshall podcast. And so we want to just give you a bit of a summary of the Marshall story and maybe just even the background of this podcast. So I'm going to ask Katie Dabransky to do that for us. Um, Yeah, so Mars Hill was a large multi-site church based in Seattle that was started by Mark Driscoll, Leif Moy, and Mike Gunn in the late 90s. Um, And then this podcast, which is produced by Christianity Today, tells the story of the growth of Mars Hill from a small church plant to uh, 15 multi-site campuses. um, And then it also tells the eventual downfall of the church and the resignation of their lead pastor, um, Mark Driscoll. And while the podcast is telling the story of Mars Hill, much of it focuses on the lead pastor, Mark Driscoll, and his leadership and fall, um, ending in him being investigated by the Elder Board um, in 2014 for patterns of bullying and um, persistent sinful behavior. And so Driscoll resigned in 2014. And the 15 church campuses uh, were dissolved into separate kind of autonomous churches. Some survived, some ended up closing. So it's kind of the summary of what the podcast is aiming to tell the story of. Yeah, yeah. And just to kind of uh, tack on our angle on this in a way, uh, actually, just to be honest, this is one of the first podcasts we ever did where we actually had a pre-chat before yeah. our <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think collectively we, we felt the the weight of wanting to speak about these things in a helpful way. And yeah. and so just, just to kind of state our intentions off the bat, this is not going to be, you know, the next 20, 30 minutes or whatever, it's not going to be a time for us just to pile on um, to Mars Hill and to point out, you know, what went wrong. That was already done very clearly through the podcast. So if you haven't listened to it yet, you can hear that those details there. Um, what we want to do is, in many ways, just talk about our our part in terms of creating cultures of healthy leadership. In many ways, um, you know, one of the, the things that uh, Mike Cosper, the narrator, talks about the first episode is kind of he kind of ends with this like cliffhanger of you know who killed Mars Hill in a way we all did. Yeah. We all contributed to this culture of 
uh, where, where it allowed for these types of churches to, to thrive. And so um, what we want to do is simply, you know, not look at, you know, the log in our neighbor's eye, but think about, hey, how do, how do we actually be healthy as leaders and how do we um, use this kind of conversation as a platform to do that a little bit? So um, that's, that's our hope in that. Uh, so, hey, uh, the three of us have different lenses that we are looking at this podcast through, that we're listening to it through. And so I think that um, I asked Lucius and Katie to be here um, in many ways for specific reasons. And so maybe just would help our listeners hear a little bit more about you guys, each personally, and kind of what you are bringing to the listening of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So Lucas, go ahead and you start that. Yeah. Obviously, before coming to Foothill, I had, I had uh, planted a church. So really listening as as someone who had gone through some of those experiences of planning a church from scratch, starting yeah. in our living room and, um, you know, all the challenges and joys and stuff that come with that. And so a lot of, uh, you know, what you're hearing in the, especially in the early part of that podcast, uh, and I resonate a lot with, and then, um, I'm part of the Acts 29 network back then even. Mm-hmm. And, um, so whilst I've, you know, was in Ireland the whole time Mars Hill was in existence, um, those things reverberated even across the Atlantic. And so, um, was influential in a lot of church, uh, planting thought, uh, that went on there and, and, you know, pointing to as an example in some ways, like contextualizing that. So I think as a church planter, as a pastor still, um, you know, who, who leads and does all those sorts of things has people under your care, um, to, to listen, uh, through those lenses and to really, um, be honest and, and, uh, look back and, um, are there, are there ways that we can not make those same mistakes moving forward and, yeah. um, yeah, be, be, be better church planters, pastors, even in helping, you know, with Acts 29 now, you mm-hmm. know, as we evaluate church planters and, and, uh, really strive to have healthy churches. I think this is a really important kind of case study for us to think about. That's good. Katie, how about you? How are you kind of viewing this content through a little bit? Yeah, it's interesting because my first um, real introduction to Mars Hill or Mark Driscoll was through Foothill. Like we, (laughs) the first time Steve and I ever visited Foothill Church, not as um, being on staff, but just to to visit, I think we were in the middle of a real marriage series, which um, was a great sermon on marriage, but it was loosely based on, um, you know, Mark Driscoll's book. And, um, and so that was really my first introduction. So it's kind of strangely tied to Foothill for me. Um, But then also we came from a church uh, that was a church plant that closed, that closed its doors. And so under very different circumstances than Mars Hill, but um, it, I realized it did affect the way that I listened and even the um, compassion and like heart I had for the people who had to, had to decide to leave. Um, I really feel the weight of those people's decisions and the, the things they went through and trying to decide, um, you know, whether that was a healthy place uh, for them or not. And, um, and then I'm a woman. So I listen to that. There's a, there's a lot of content, uh, content about, um, the way gender roles are Mm. spoken about and the role of women. And so of course, you know, that influences the way I hear that conversation. Grateful to have you guys here for those reasons. And yeah, I think just even for my, myself, um, you know, I've been at Foothill for, for a little while now. And I remember early on, um, Mark Driscoll, Mars Hill was was very influential um, in in things that we were not necessarily doing, but just kind of one of the major voices that we'd heard early on. And just to be clear too, it wasn't just Mark's preaching; it was their their worship music. It was the way that they were doing resourcing. 
Um, I remember going onto the Resurgence website and looking up things the way that nowadays we used to do for Gospel Coalition or Desiring God or whatever. And so uh, th there were a lot of good things that we were able to take and uh, contextualize for us as a church early on that w were very helpful. Um, I, I think for me, it's it's obviously the Lord's timing that this this podcast um, is kind of happening uh, during this year as I get ready to plan a church and just thinking about how um, how culture is created early on, um, how I want to lead our team, how we want to create healthy environments where people are heard. So there's there's a ton of things for, for me that I'm just, honestly, I'll probably go back and listen to it all again in like three or four months after mm -hmm. I've had a bit of a break. Um, and, and it is interesting because, you know, Katie, you mentioned your experience in uh, Santa Maria, mm -hmm. and, and Lucas obviously has had a, a lot of ministry experience in Detroit and then also in Ireland, and it's like, what's, what's amazing about this is like every church at one point was a church plant. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of one of these things that there, there's always been this kind of season or history of the early church that has been very like fragile and very like important that we are, are thoughtful and get it right in many ways. And so um, anyway, I, I realized that not everybody listening to this maybe cares uh, as much about church leadership, or maybe it's something you just think about often here, here and there, but um, let's start here. If you aren't a pastor, if you're not a ministry leader or, you know, a key volunteer or somebody who just kind of, you know, wakes up thinking about church polity or ecclesiology uh, or just healthy things like that, why would someone want to listen to this podcast? Is this helpful for everybody? In other words, like, are we kind of saying like, hey, everybody should give this a listen, or is this just for certain people? What do you guys think? I think I think it's a helpful listen. I think that there are episodes that are hard to listen to. Yeah. And I think that we have to um, go in with probably the right motivation and not just a full like critique or, <laughs> you know, desire to see all the things wrong. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of value in in just looking at it as even a warning or challenge for ourselves. Um, I think a lot of what was brought up in the podcast is really hard to hear, especially if you love the church yeah. um, mm -hmm. and you love the people in the church. But there's also a lot of really good things that are good to talk about. And we only grow when we like challenge ourselves and we are willing to talk about some of those hard things. So um, I know like one thing that kept coming up over and over for me is just questioning how I define success, like mm -hmm. whether that's in church or just in life in general, like yeah. what does the Bible really say about what success looks like as a leader, as a person, as a Christian, and who am I letting define that success? And that was really challenging as I listened to episode after episode. So um, I think that there's a lot of good, just big topics to to consider and challenge ourselves and our own motivations and what's kind of the driving force behind, behind why we're seeking things. Mm. Yeah, I think, too, like when we think about the church, sometimes we can disassociate ourselves from that. So we can kind of talk about the church as if we're just a observer of that or, you know, we can kind of think of it in consumeristic terms. And so I think it's important for people to listen to it, even if they're not in leadership per se, because that you are the church. Um, you know, it's like we complain about traffic, oh, traffic's so bad. And you're like, well, you are traffic. Like you, you are part of your, you, you know, that's deep, man. You're not, <laughs> you know, never thought of that. that way before. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you are a part of that. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, if traffic wasn't like you are that. And so I we are the church. Traffic. And so these things uh, don't happen in, in a vacuum. And, and I wonder if, you know, more people in Mars Hill, obviously some of those people left and tried to, you know, raise warning flags, all of that, as you'll hear if you listen to it. But but I think that's important. It, the church we talk about isn't just leaders or, or paid staff or it's all of us. And yeah. so yeah. 
I think there's things that all of us can learn and take away to be, to make Foothill the healthiest place it can be. Yeah. 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 I, I think just to add to that too, I think about um, how in some ways this podcast and the story of, of Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill is a, a caricature in some ways. It's, it's this extreme story. I mean, yeah. a lot of things happened there. And I realized that maybe some people, as they heard it, um, parts of it reminded them of their story. Yeah. But th- there are there are just kind of a truism out there that no no leader is perfect. That's right. And yeah. so uh, even in our smaller context of you know family units or hey you may go to a job every day that you don't like and it's like could your boss be a better boss? Yeah, probably. But but you still have to work there. You're still called to to be there in this season. And so uh, in some ways, um, you know, to go too far and to kind of hang out while it's it's really toxic and, and so on and so forth, um, maybe that's not a healthy way to go about it. But we do have to deal with people on a daily basis who are flawed, who are imperfect, who are, are fallen in many ways. And and yet God has called us to still step into those spaces of our life and and be that light, to be uh, good leaders to those who we can influence. And so, yeah, I think that, um, as you all said, um, I, I think those are strong points. And just also the reminder that we can all um, learn wherever we're at in mm-hmm. terms of the state of life we're in. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into the podcast itself. Mm. Um, there, there is a lot of themes to be covered here. As you think back on the things that were talked about, and again, we won't get into too much of the timeline or fleshing out all the details of it, but what are some key themes that you took away from the listening of, of this podcast? Um, yeah, I think one of the things that we had talked about and kind of noticed was the um, the rise of, of Mars Hill obviously was directly kind of tied to the rise of Mark Driscoll as this kind of uh, charismatic personality, um, you know, kind of bombastic kind of speaker, someone not afraid to kind of like put his head above the parapet and take shots and all of that sort of stuff. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, he's really gifted or he was very talented. And, um, and I think a lot of, a lot of what we had looked at was this idea of like personal character, um, and alongside of our theological convictions, because a lot of what got overlooked in, in, in character issues, um, and happens a lot of times with leaders is because, well, we share the same kind of core theological convictions. And so he's on our team. He's one of us. And we'll kind of overlook some of these things or that's just their personality or that's just, you know, whatever it is, because they have the gospel right or they have these, you know, they're in our tribe and these other kind of categories. And um, I think, you know, if anything, this podcast has just reiterated again that our personal character, like how we actually carry our convictions like really matters. Um, and it's, it's, it's not just having the right, uh, convictions, but how do we actually apply those? How do we actually bring those to bear Mm -hmm. in our ministry in our homes, um, in those kind of ways. And so I think even as people like, you know, this deconstruction conversation that's Mm -hmm. kind of happening so much of that is because like, okay, well, these people have good theology, but it, they absolutely destroyed my life. And, um, because the application of it was so poor or, you know, in those kind of ways. So I, I think those were one of the things. Yes, our our doctrine, our theology, all those things is so important, but our, our orthopraxy yeah. um, that comes out of that orthodoxy, if those things don't actually align, um, then I'm not sure we've actually got our orthodoxy right. Yeah. And I think in hindsight, yeah. you know, you would say that. You'd be like, well, we all thought, you know, doctrine and all of that was right. And it turns out he's kind of disavowed some of that stuff now too. Right. So. Right you know, maybe that's the, the proof that was in the pudding, um, all along. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about, about this idea of getting our, our doctrine, you know, kind of this, even things like 
center, you know, we talk about Foothill as far as what we believe, our center bullseye stuff. Yeah. Um, right, our primary doctrine, right? And what I've noticed, uh, not to be too tangential here, but like there's a sense of sometimes people, when they talk about the, the, the primacy of right doctrine, what they're talking about is things like atonement. And it's like, yeah. if you don't mention atonement correctly, then you got it all wrong. Well, it's like, there's a lot more to the gospel than, sure. a, than substitutionary atonement, like uh, about how Jesus came and, and died for us. There's, like you said, there's orthopraxy. There's how do we now live as a result of that? How do we yeah. interact with people? And so, um, yeah, for sure, that's a really key theme throughout the whole podcast. Yeah. Well, and I think like the more we talk about theological doctrines that we believe, like like Lucas is saying, like theology is not stagnant. Like it gets lived out in our everyday lives. Yeah. And so, and and again, don't hear us here saying like we're going to be perfect and someone's going to sure. nail it. And if you don't, you know, you don't believe that. But if we see consistent patterns of behavior that does not line up with what scripture has called us to, then there is a point where we have to question, like, is what I say I believe what I really believe? Yeah. Like if we if we say we're in this, you know, kind of quote camp, theological camp of of something, and yet everything we're living out is is not like seeking to live the way that Jesus lived or to model his character or seeking the fruits of the spirit then there is a point where we have to say, like, how is that theology really influencing who yeah. I am and the way that I live? And if it's not, like, where's where's the missing link? And and then does does holding fast to that doctrine for the sake of character, like, does that still matter, you know? That's yeah. so much of the conflict that Jesus has with the religious leaders, isn't right. it? Like, you say you believe all these things, and yet, like, you don't actually live it out um, in that kind of way. So, um, yeah. I think it's a, a warning for us for sure. Yeah, well, one of the things that um, I think we should dip our toe into as well, obviously, is I think right around episode three of the podcast, here kind of Cosper's like pushing towards this conversation about gender roles mm -hmm. and um, and especially the treatment of women in the church. And so this is obviously a, a big topic in our culture too. And mm -hmm. I think especially um, um, even in terms of complementarian churches, uh, which which we would count ourselves among, mm -hmm. there's different ways to even nuance and voice how we treat women, and mm -hmm. obviously there's, that all should be done, you know, born from the fruits of the Holy Spirit, but um, yeah, Katie, what, what were your thoughts on some of those things that were spoken about? You already mentioned some of them were hard to listen to, but um, where, did it, where did it take your mind in a ways? Yeah, I think... Um, I think a primary overarching thought that was a consistent theme over and over was um, that the way we talk about men and women and their roles um, in the church, in the home, in, in life, um, what you know we were created for, like that can be a beautiful and healthy conversation that is pushing us to grow and to become more like Christ, um, to lift each other up. Um, or it has the power to hurt and mm. to abuse and cause a lot of confusion and a lot of pain. And so, and, I mean, and that's not unlike many other conversations in the church, but um, I think we saw this theme of holding up maybe opinions um, as biblical, like almost commands, rather than really looking at what the Bible says and calls um, specifically women to, what the role of women is, um, and and how damaging that can be. So mm -hmm. um, I think that there's a lot to say there. <laughs> I have a hard time kind of distilling that down into a few thoughts. But um, 
unfortunately, I think in the church, um, in some circles of the church more specifically, we have a history of not seeking um, to treat and view women as sisters in Christ, um, as fellow image bearers, you know, as partners in the gospel. Mm-hmm. There's There's been a consistent pattern. And so because of that, I think that it's on us a little bit in the church to um, learn to speak about that in a healthy role and really consider what the Bible says. And so um, I was thinking, I'm like, I just want to say some things out loud that were brought up in the podcast. So, um, you know, something like just saying out loud, like the sole purpose of a woman's life is not to get married, have lots of children and satisfy her husband sexually. Like that is not the sole purpose of a woman's life. The Bible does not say that. Um, Sole purpose of a woman's life is to glorify the Lord. And when we talk about anything other than that being her main purpose, we are doing a huge injustice to the way that God created women to be. Um, Might that look like marriage and childbearing and all of those things? Absolutely. Um, Those are all things we have an opportunity to glorify the Lord in. But um, those are not a woman's sole purpose. And and there's there's times when... um, in just the big church as a whole and certainly at Mars Hill that 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 was spoken as like this is the biblical command for you right. as a woman period yeah yeah there really seemed to be a like a, a subculture that was really pushed on to men and women in those relationships to like hey marriage ought to look this way specifically yes and I think it's funny because there's there's a very fine line I think between very, very um, enculturated and also almost being kind of like law driven and i felt like it was it was from what we heard in that podcast there uh, that was kind of an example of how they're taking this good thing um as far as men and women's and and their roles in the home and in the Mm -hmm. church and adding a bunch of stuff to it and saying it has to look exactly like this uh for it to to work in in this context and so yeah i mean just to echo you that's I think we have to kind of like keep the main thing the main thing, and I think you're right. What is the sole purpose of our lives? To glorify God. I mean, and many in many ways the the details of that kind of flesh out depending on on your life, what your calling is. I mean, Katie, you just talked to uh, among Ethan and Esther and about singleness, and mm-hmm. I think that was a really great just reminder for us to even uh, hear that angle of like, hey, it doesn't mean that we have to just get married and, and think about a life only in that context. Yeah. And I understand the temptation. Like we want practical advice. Yes, <laughs> like we yeah, want, yeah, yeah. and and in some ways, I mean, Driscoll and Mars Hill were praised for finally being a church that's going to talk about right. some of these topics and issues. And and I think that's why it gathered a lot of traction. Yeah. Um, but we have to be careful when um, I think at some point in the podcast they said really like you know, he's, he's calling people to look like him, not yeah. look like Jesus, you know, yep. to model, model after the way he decided that his marriage had to be and, and the way that he decided to run his life. And yes, there's good examples and there's some scriptural support for that. Like yeah. follow me as I follow Christ. But yeah, if we're, if we're not careful and we turn some of those opinions or things that were maybe good in our own marriage, um, into, um, law and yeah. law driven, then, then there's, there's, as we see, like some harm to be done. Yeah, I, I think that um, just to kind of own some of my culpability and my, I think my my life, just thinking about as as I was introduced to Mark Driscoll, um, I, I felt like in some ways I was this kind of key demographic. Maybe Lucas, maybe you were too. Maybe you were more kind of a colleague, kind of a brother because of your age and stuff. But yeah. um, one of Mark's giftings and his, I think actually really a unique kind of callings for for him in Seattle was to call out young guys who didn't have a lot of direction and say, hey, this is what it looks like to be a man. And I remember in, I think, that episode, episode three or four, when they were talking about uh, the things we do to women, 
Um, it, 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 one of the things that struck me as being really nuanced and helpful was it's not so much that we were actively oppressing women in our church. It was that there was this overemphasis on men ought to be leaders, men ought to be the ones who like take charge, men ought to look like this, and women were kind of this prop to like make the point with a little bit. And yeah. so I, I think just as um, this goes into a little bit of just how we apply some of this leadership stuff, like I'm just thinking about how diverse our church is, yeah. right? And so like and when we talk to people from stage, from the podcast, from, from a sermon, uh, there definitely needs to be this constant reminder that, hey, not everybody, you know, looks like you, not everybody grew up the same way you did. Yeah. And so when we, when we kind of, um, like Katie said, to be helpful in a way of application saying, hey, this is kind of how, how do I do this? This is a way, not the way. Yeah. And and how your how you work out your salvation with fear and trembling, how you kind of live yeah. out your life uh, amongst your Christian community may look very different than someone else, as long as we're getting the primary things right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, there the way that we talk about men and women, um, and the way that God created us to be sets a culture in our church. I mean, we <laughs> that's what we have. We have men and women interacting with each other as brothers and sisters in mm-hmm. Christ. And so imagine when. Um, you know, through, yeah, stereotyping, we're, we're from the stage or from the pulpit calling women like dangerous who are constantly, you know, trying to draw attention to themselves in order to tempt you into sin. And so be on guard. It's like, imagine the culture that that sets between men and women in your church when that's the way that you frame how you ought to view a member of the opposite Mm. sex rather than like we see the Bible far more often using this brother and sister language of this is my brother, this is my sister. And, and that deeply affects the way that we even just view fellow members of Foothill church of the church at large. And so the way we talk about, yeah, each other um, in the church is, it's just really important. Yeah, I think we need to normalize some of that language of brother and sister. Yeah. I, I've really enjoyed that lately. It's yeah. something that I've even, uh, I'm probably because of some of the people on our staff or uh, Lucas, I think actually a baptism a couple of months ago, you, you even said mm. my, my brother and sister as you baptized them. I thought yeah. that was a really just sweet addition to just reminding us that our, our primary relationship to the people in our lives, even to my own wife, Katie, yes. is she's, she's my sister in Christ, first yeah. of all. That, yeah. that, that relationship will endure for all of time. Whereas our marriage will end when we die, and but that spiritual relationship will continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah other, other areas, guys, as, even just as you think back to the specific episodes, uh, what were some things that kind of came up? Obviously, there was the, the, the story of kind of how it all started to unravel. Well, there were some things about media. There were some things about elders and leadership. Uh, yeah, where else do you guys want to go? I think some of the problems that came out of Mars Hill um, – became because of their goal for uh, growth that you know was stated we want to have 50 churches yeah. I want I want to be the biggest church in America and obviously there's this uh, fine razor's edge really of our motive what's the motivation of our hearts like influence does mean it, c- it can be used as a good thing I want more people to hear the gospel I want you know more people to come to Christ in that sense but at some point along the way, it, it, it seemed to be more about um, gaining influence and power uh, for other reasons as well. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I remember, you know, Mark being in Ireland uh, and kind of chiding, chiding uh, those in, in Ireland and the UK, like, well, who are your famous preachers? Mm-hmm. Like, name me one famous preacher that you guys have now. Like, who's been here since Spurgeon or Stott in that kind of way? And and it was, you know, it upset a lot of people, not because, mm-hmm. oh, we're offended in that, but because it was, 
we don't have this like evangelical, uh, evangelical industrial complex sure, sure. <laughs> in, in Europe of, you know, agents promoting books. And let me just take your sermon, turn it into a book and like yeah. have your church by X amount, get it on the new, like that just doesn't happen. Like, and so I think our obsession with kind of status, celebrity culture that leaks into um, the church as well. Mm-hmm. And, and we respond to that, I think even unknowingly at times, like we want to be, Oh yeah, you go to the, that big church. Well, that's so and so, and like us being a part of that uh, validates a lot of maybe even our own insecurities and things like that. Well, it's so ironic too because the way that Marshall started was in a very non-Christian, post-Christian yeah. context that's similar to Europe, and and yet he kind of still we still ended up that way at the end. Yeah, and some of yeah. that. I mean, what struck me was a lot of that was him kind of. You know, it's kind of culture warish, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to be this city on a hill yeah. against our culture, and it wasn't necessarily like, "Hey, we're for Seattle. We want to love our city." And, and some of that might have been said, but when you really listen, it was like, "I want to call people out of this like sinful city, the least church city. There's more dogs than Christian." Like, there wasn't a sense of like compassion for Seattle, and let's give ourselves uh, for the city. Mm-hmm. It was much more. I want to call you out of that so that we can be this kind of light in the darkness and a, in a, in a, I don't know, it just felt more combative than compassionate or, or, right. or loving in that sense. And so yeah. I kept finding myself um, going back to like, okay, what is the example that Jesus has given us? Like, what does the Bible say about like how we're called to lead? And, and I know it's easier to say than do. And I know that there's good things that come out of having, um, yeah, a large influence or a large audience. But but then I, when you look at the life of Jesus, like more often than not, we see him avoiding large crowds and we see him saying, no, 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 it's not my time yet. I'm going to follow the spirit and listen and do what my father's called me to do. Um, we see him talking far more about laying our life down than lifting ourselves up. And um, and so just just even the reminder to like, OK, the spot I have to return to is is what kind of leader has the Bible called me to be? And yeah. what? how am I going to let Scripture define what it looks like to be successful, what it looks like to be faithful, um, and kind of separating some of those, like faithfulness versus success. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just kept thinking about the contrast between this, like, seek and and rise to fame, <laughs> and then the life of Jesus that we see that that is just – while he had all the um, ability to do so was not the example that was set for us. And, and we, we have to learn from that. We have to fall back on that because um, you know, the, the Bible's definition of what success looks for like for us is going to be different than what the world says. And, and, and that needs to be like a comfort for us, not a um, something that we're always, you know, fighting up against. That's good. Yeah, that gets us some kind of our, some application actually in this. And I think that as we listen to such a, a long podcast, obviously we're not getting the details of, of it, but it's um, th- there are a lot of lessons that we can apply to our current relationships or to the way that we view leadership. And so um, just kind of as we wind this down, what are some responsibilities to ourselves and to uh, the people in our community as we are reminded of stories like this? I think in, in one of the latter uh, episodes, um, you know, uh, Galatians 3, 3 was mentioned because it, it seems like, you know, a lot of what started in the beginning of the story came out of really good intentions and, and was well-meaning and, and somewhere along the line as things kind of grew, ends justified the means, decisions were made that, 
you know, we're probably, you know, we're unbiblical, you know, it turned into something slowly kind of over time. And um, so for me, I think that was really important. Paul, Paul has this warning in Galatians 3, he says, are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? Mm-hmm. And so often in ministry, we can start things in the spirit. Like we really feel God yeah. calls us to something. Yeah. And, but by the end or, or of that journey, it's like, it's mostly flesh. Like somewhere the spirit, you know, was like, Hey, I'm out of this. And, uh, and, and we've like, no, we're continuing on or, and so I think really abiding with Jesus and really cultivating our inner life with Christ and, and having people that can actually see that and hold me account to that. Mm. Um, and being able to actually slow me down, um, and you know, speed and growth and all of those things just seemed to kind of be the flywheel that they couldn't stop in this. Mm. And there was so many, uh, consequences and hurt, you know, that the kind of famous line, you know, there's a lot of dead bodies behind the, the bus of Mars Hill. You're either on the bus or you're off. And, and man, that just isn't how Jesus talks at all. You know, yeah. he's, he's leaving the 99 to go find that one. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think walking and cultivating our, our abiding with Jesus is as leaders for those of us, that, well, for all of us, but especially for those uh, that have responsibility of other people in their care, um, to, to really cultivate and tend to that. And that takes time and it's, it's so countercultural. Um, but like you've mentioned already, Katie, like Jesus is like, Hey, where's Jesus? And he's like, I don't know. He's off on some mountain praying Mm. and you're like, man, Jesus could be feeding people. He could be healing people. He could be like doing ministry that we doing all those miracles that we love. And he's like, no, I got to go spend time with the father because if not, I'm going to want to follow those crowds. I want the, and so that inner work of, of that is so important to, to our life. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think, I think just conversations like these are good for us to keep having. I think, I think the more that we talk about these things and, and I think that's the benefit of a podcast, like podcast like this is not, not just to bash Mars Hill and to, you know, talk bad about Driscoll, but, but to keep talking about like, Hey, where's, yeah, where is our responsibility? Where's, what are the warnings that we need to heed? Where can I invite you into this conversation with me to say, Hey, I'm saying out loud, I don't want to do this. I don't want to seek after this. Um, You know, I thought it was interesting that in this story, I think we consistently see um, that people at Mars Hill, leaders, other leaders, seemed to, like, have this opinion or desire that they needed to protect Driscoll for the sake of the church. Um, That, like, if he went down, then the church went down too. And so then that that leads to them overlooking things to enabling sin to justifying things. And it's like, I think I just reminded that the church is bigger than poor leadership for sure. Like the church is the church is literally God's plan for the expansion of his kingdom here on earth. And so, um, it's not going anywhere and like we should, well, that should, we should find great comfort in that. But Mm. we also, that also means that we don't need to excuse, protect, justify That's like right, patterns yeah. of sinful behavior in order to protect the church. Um, now we should. That's actually how we protect the church. Right. Is, yeah, is yeah, by yeah. calling that out. That's and, right. Yeah. And yeah. By, it's actually the opposite. Yeah. yeah, yeah by calling yeah. each other out of that yeah. sin and, and exposing dark, you know, bringing light into the darkness. And that doesn't mean we're not full of grace and that we're not, sure. we don't seek to be peacemakers and um, that we hope for restoration and forgiveness and all of those things. But, um, 
Yeah, I just think hiding, justifying, enabling that sin is not a way. It, that doesn't help the church. And and I think sometimes we think so highly of ourselves that we're like, oh, I need to help this. Situ- I need to help God in this situation to yeah. to help save the church. And it's like, well, the Lord has clearly established His church, and that will continue. Um, now, people can be hurt through that process, but um, yeah, I just just the comfort that that the church is the Lord's plan. It's not it's not something we've created. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, I can just even end on a kind of a personal just a reminder, too, for all of us, too. I, I think all of us have been hurt before. Um, and mm-hmm. in those processes of realizing, you know, there aren't perfect people around us. What, what I did really enjoy about the last the last episode was there was some really touching stories about um, people reconciling. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know. You know, Sutton Turner, who was kind of painted as this kind of person this whole time throughout the podcast. And it was really cool to see how he kind of went on his, you know, forgiveness tour a, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and um, it wasn't necessarily perfect, but I just think about how, you know, in, in Matthew 5, I think it's verse 25, just the Lord reminds us to to reconcile quickly with our adversaries, to with our enemies, to, to, to try and make things right because, um, and, and be gracious because God has been so gracious to us. And so, um, you know, for, for me, as I think about holding those short accounts with people who have wronged me or, uh, or, or even going out of my way to make sure that I've, I've done all I can to kind of bury the hatchet with people that I might have hurt along the way, too. And so, so, so much of this, I think, interpersonally is, is really based around that kind of hum- humility in some ways is to just wanting to reconcile. So. Yeah. And that does take that culture of grace, like yeah. mm-hmm. where people feel safe in admitting their wrong or failings or asking for forgiveness and you know, so many times we can end up not not feeling like church is a place that we can do that. Yeah. It should be the first port of call for yeah. those things. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, hey, in some ways, we didn't really uh, scratch the surface. Uh, yeah. There's a lot more to this podcast, but I, I think overall, we would definitely encourage you guys to... Uh, check it out um, and just you know a few trigger warnings for some folks yeah, maybe per, if you've per, like perhaps, yeah. got some open wounds from a church maybe give it a month or two or like you know yeah, yeah but I come think talk to us first these kinds of stories are helpful <laughs> yeah. I think for us as Katie mentioned already just to keep having these conversations but um, yeah we're grateful to be able to have resources like this yeah, and absolutely. to be able to have a place to uh, talk openly about about how you know we're not perfect people and the Lord is and so we should be pointing people to Christ as much yeah. as possible yeah. uh, as we lead to his people so thanks guys for being on yeah. appreciate thank it thank you alright well we're out of time but thanks for joining us for our podcast footnotes be sure to subscribe and we'd also appreciate you sharing this resource with others and even leaving us a favorable review if you feel so inclined so until next time Foothill peace be with you We're ready? Yeah, we're rolling. We're rolling. Ooh. They see me rolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got our little end, end in live it. there. That's great. <laughs>